Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, friends. I hope you're all doing well. Moving into part three, surviving your early 20s, which is no easy feat. A lot of people get through this time in their life, and they have a lot of bad habits and they've made a lot of mistakes and that's okay. It's okay to make mistakes. But the problem is they didn't learn from those mistakes. So if you guys are listening to this and you're trying to do your best to not make mistakes and then of course to correct those mistakes as you as you do make them, congratulations. You're you're in the 1%. You are well, probably less than that. Most people take the path of least resistance. They think that they have it all figured out and they go into it with the mindset that, oh, it's going to be easy and I already know what to do. If you're not doing that, good on you. Congratulations. That's, that's really awesome. Having a growth mindset, having humility and approaching it as from, the, from the mindset of being a learner, from being a beginner. It's very important and it's admirable. So we're, gonna, we're going to go into part three. I like doing these series because instead of having to think of a bunch of different things to talk about, I just have to talk about one thing for a long time. And there's actually a lot of stuff that I've learned over the last 10 years or so, um, which <laughs> I would hope so. And I wish that somebody had told me all of this um, when I was, you know, 19, 20. Of course, a lot of this is things that people did tell me and I didn't listen. So even if you hear things that you've heard other places, if you're not doing them, if you're not applying this stuff, maybe you should start. Um, because if you're hearing it from multiple sources, it may be true. A lot of cliches are that way because they're true. So let's keep going with this. Let's roll right into it. I don't like long introductions. Next point is act from principle. If you guys have been listening to the show for a while, you may have heard the the personality versus character episode or the one after that, which is, I think, something about developing your character. Those episodes have done very well. You guys seem to like them a lot. And which is really funny because what, I, I really didn't think anything of it when I put together. It was just like, oh, this makes sense. Let me, you know, talk about it for a minute. I, it blew up though. Like it, that seems to be the kind of thing that people are looking for. And if you have been listening to a, for a while, you may realize that the show is not doing the exact same thing that it used to. It used to be all about what is this particular psychological principle or fact, and how can I apply it? And it's it's shifted from that. I still do that, but it's shifted into talking much less about that and focusing more on just practical life advice. From the viewpoint of, you know, somebody who enjoys researching psychology and, and is a, I, I am a student of human behavior. I am constantly trying to figure out why people do what they do. Sometimes that's done, um, you know, through reading books or watching, you know, YouTube videos of very successful people who are giving talks or, you know, lectures or whatever and conglomerating that into something useful. Sometimes it's just stuff like this. Like I just sat down and I realized what are the most important things that I have learned um, 
over over the last 10 years or so and if nothing above everything else i think that this is probably the most important i think that acting from principle becoming a person of character having ethics having morality is probably the most important thing with you know that's within our human capacity it's it's very important that you you look to something higher than yourself and you say you know what no matter how hard it gets i'm not going to violate certain rules that i have dictated okay um you know be somebody who makes it a point to be honest somebody who makes it a point to be fair who doesn't cheat um, in any context somebody who does things the right way the first time and it's like there is there there is like the fact that it's it's the right thing to do and some people will get into that and will argue and say well you know this philosophy that philosophy um who decides what the right thing to do is is this based off of a religious background what if um you know and people people try to argue with this stuff what i have realized is that there's no wisdom amongst that argument there is no like they may be intelligent people like you look at some philosophers some people that are not philosophers but they have these ideas that like morality is made up or you know the 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 rules of how we should treat each other are made up. They are made up, but you know, by who, like, and why? And, and that doesn't mean that they're not important, right? You know, if, if a higher power has made them up, then that means automatically they're important. If people have just made them up, but it's something that's been made up, you know, tens of thousands of years ago, and it's consistently been important to human civilization or, you know, interaction this whole time, if it's been around for a long time, there's a reason for it. It's like, yes, it was made up, but that doesn't mean it's not valuable. And if you sit there and try to argue about, well, you know, I don't agree with that morality or whatever, like you're missing the point. The things like when you treat people the right way, there may not be a short term victory out of that. But it's not you're, the, the point of it is not just to be like a nice person or to just, you know, not be a cheat, to not be you know, one of the bad guys. It's, it's not just that, like, yes, I personally, I believe, and I'm going to say it, I think that that is important. Like, even if it does nothing for you, you should do the right thing and help other people. You should be honest with people. You should, you know, act a certain way. However, the cold, hard truth of this, we live in a world of cause and effect. If you violate ethics, morality, there's consequences. There are effects. And the thing is, Jordan Peterson talks about this. He does a great job of explaining it, so I won't get too much into it. He makes a really good point. It's like the issue lying for is the example that he used. He talks about how a lot of times when you lie, there's not an instant consequence. Like if you get away with it, like you you don't. There's no instant consequence. It comes back to bite you years later. Now, of course, if you do something once, you're more likely to do it again. So it's not just that you lie the one time. It's that well, you got away with it. And you got what you wanted so you start to lie more and more why not well by the time it starts to catch up with you you are a liar you are hopelessly hopeless hopelessly enmeshed in so many lies and it's a habit it's a character flaw at this point and there's so many things that you have done wrong and so many people that you have wronged that by the time it starts to catch up with you 
you may try to adjust, but you are stuck in that hole. You are um, enmeshed in in lies in a web of lies. Um, you <laughs> you're you're really you've dug you've dug your own grave at that point. And so then when the consequences start to hit you, it's like, well, it happened years ago, and it's not always obvious. This is a lesson that I learned the hard way pretty recently because I, I recently like lost a lot of stuff that I had worked hard for, and I realized that. A lot of the structures I had built my life around were, you know, they they were there and they worked, but they were like kind of fundamentally meaningless. They were kind of empty. They were lifeless. And I realized I had a lot of stuff like that was coming back and I was suffering the consequences of mistakes I had made two or three years ago. Right. And it wasn't obvious at first. I was I blamed, you know, everything but myself. And I talked about this briefly in the last episode. No, like I, I got mad at the universe, got mad at God, I got mad at, you know, society, I got mad at individual people. And it took, it took, it took me venting a bit in the privacy of my own room, of course. It took me venting a little while before I had the emotional, like, I let all that out and I, my, my mind was clear enough for me to start to realize, actually, this is stuff that I did years ago. I made mistakes. I was, you guys hear me preach morality, you hear me preach ethics a lot. I want to point something out. I, I'm, I'm so big on character and having a strong character because at one point for a time in my life, I did not have it. I was actually a very immoral person, very much so. And it's like, I don't like to admit that, but it's, it's, it's just true. For several years, I did pretty much everything wrong. <laughs> I did like all of the stereotypical things that you're not supposed to do. Um, I, I was absolutely that person. I was not, I was like, I, I didn't hurt people intentionally, but I did pretty much everything else. Um, and, and maybe, maybe that's an exaggeration. Maybe there's, there's probably plenty of, I, I was not an evil person, but I was a very immoral person. And I, it wasn't that I like didn't have a backbone, but I just, I, I didn't really see, I didn't value ethics. I didn't value morality or doing the right thing especially if nobody was looking. I was like, if I can get away with this and it makes me better, I can. I was that person for a, a minute, okay? I saw the effect. I saw what happens to those people. I saw what was happening to me. And, you know, thankfully, I, you know, and it wasn't all me. There was, there was some external things that helped, helped me along, um, you know, by the grace of God. I am no longer that person, okay? Listen. I saw the negative effect and I have changed and I'm, I have changed. I really have. And I have changed for years and I've, I've established these character traits as, as like something that that's new. I am not the same person anymore. I'm still dealing with the effects. I'm still suffering the consequences of mistakes that I made years ago. That's why I'm so big on this because it will destroy your life if you're not careful. And like, I was very fortunate to get out of it when I did, but I still had to clean up the mess. I still had to suffer the karma from that. And I don't even mean that in a, like a metaphysical way. I just mean like it's cause and effect. Like I, I did things and I've, I've got to, you know, they're buried like the, the, the stuff, like the psychological, um, consequences of that, like they're unconscious a lot of times. Um, sometimes it, t it takes years to uncover negative patterns that you develop or negative beliefs or, you know, traumas that, that happen from that. And part of the reason that I, you know, did escape. And again, there's, there's, there's a lot of reasons. There's a whole, that's a whole story by itself, but I saw the people around me who had, who were just hopelessly 
stuck in that. They, they didn't want to change. They didn't want to get out of it. They didn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. They didn't see another way. I was making bad decisions, but I knew on some level that like I can be better. A lot of people in that environment lost hope. They were just like, no, this is what life is. They'd given up. They were hopeless, and so like it didn't matter to them. I saw the course of their life. I saw you know, the moment of just getting into this. I saw the moments um, when it had it was getting to the point where it's like you got to make a decision are you this person or not and i saw the people that had been like they they made the wrong decision and it destroyed their lives and i saw i just i saw how they lived i'm like i don't want to be like that i don't want my life to look like that and so between getting a, a, a front seat or a front row seat to the destruction and chaos that comes from not living from principle from not having a, a strong moral code to live by and guess what you, your moral code may not be exactly the same as somebody else's. It, it, it's, if it's totally different from like every tradition out there, you're probably on the wrong course though. I will say that. Anyway, beginning that front row seat to see what happens when you don't live from, from principle, when you don't have a strong character, and also seeing the effects it was starting to have to me or on me, that was what made me start thinking, hey, I need to get out of this. And then I saw people that were you know, me a couple years ago, and they're like, they're just starting to go downhill. And I'm like, I saw that from objectively from a third person standpoint, I was like, Oh, no, okay, that I, I've actually fallen way off course. So I, I don't want it to sound like I'm preaching at you guys like, Oh, you got to be a good person. I, I'm just, I've seen how badly it can ruin people. I've dealt with it personally, I'm still dealing with it. I'm trying to save you guys. It's easier to do things the right way the first time than it is to pull yourself out of a, a set of bad habits and patterns, okay? I'll leave it at that. I don't think I need to say anything more on it, but act from principle. Okay, <clears throat> excuse me. Next point, prioritize learning and growth over short-term wins. So a great example of this, if you have two options, and I actually had a similar option, but we won't get into it, but this is a better example. If you have the choice of say making, like let's say you're 22 years old, you can either go and work in a factory and make 60 grand a year, which is pretty good for a 22 year old, or you can go work in sales where you don't make anything unless you make sales, but the average salesman is making like 35,000 a year in that environment. Okay, those are your two options. Which one do you pick? Well, don't get me wrong. People have climbed their way up the ladder in warehouses, factories, whatever, and been successful. And I'm not saying that you can't, but of those two, which one is going to give you more options or opportunities to learn and to grow? In this example, it would be the sales position. Yes, it's less money. It's probably harder, not physically harder. Factory work is no joke. Warehouse work is no joke. But the systems in place in, a, in, in like a warehouse, they're not designed to make anybody rich. Now, don't get me wrong, that individual company, if you're making 35 a year, it's probably selling cell phones, maybe, probably not cars, probably cell phones, okay? It's, it's not gonna be, like, it's not set up to make you rich, okay? So the systems that are in place in both places are not really gonna be to your benefit, it's gonna be to make the owner rich. However, sales gives you, a, excuse me, sales gives you a very valuable skill. It gives you a lot of experience. Even if you don't take a career in sales, you learn a lot about people. You learn a lot about human nature. You learn a lot about business. You learn a lot about how to motivate yourself, how to persevere in the face of adversity. 
I'm not saying that you can't learn a lot from working in a warehouse, but of those two, sales is the much better option. Because you do that, if you do sales for five years versus a work in a factory for five years, in one of those, you are, you have developed a very valuable skill. You have experience that makes you much more hireable. Whereas if you have worked in a factory the whole time or a warehouse, your body hurts and you might have a little bit more money in the bank, but you're probably freaking burned out because it's, it's tough work, right? So of those two, like, look, Yes, that one is less money, but if you get good at sales, you can make a you know, million dollars a year. And that's not, that's not an unrealistic goal. Um, if you get really good, you can make even more than that. Okay, I'm just saying like, take the things that are gonna help you grow. If you make that your priority and you look at what is the best opportunity for me to develop as a person and you go do that, you're set, okay? If you don't have a clear plan, you know, like, I wanna be great at something. I want to be phenomenal, but I haven't found what resonates with me. Find what's going to challenge you, okay? And that's the thing too. How do you identify what's going to help you grow? Well, it's probably going to be the tougher option. It's probably going to be the scarier option, all right? It's going to be the one that is going to lead to the most personal professional development. But with that comes a lot of risk, a lot of work, a lot of hardship. And it's it's also a lot of times it's not traditional um, difficulty either. Like, Working in a warehouse is hard because you're moving boxes, you're sweating your ass off, and it's like it's physical labor, right? Working in sales is hard because like there's so many things to it. It's not physically difficult, but it's like you got to deal with anxiety of talking to people. You have to learn better communication skills. You have to learn about product. You have to learn to deal with the stress of not having a guaranteed check, um, learning how to manage your money, learning how like businesses work. Like there's a lot that goes with it. So pick that. <laughs> Moral of the story. All right, the, all right, what's next? If I can read my handwriting. The only way to make intellectual, excuse me, intelligent or wise decisions. The only way to make intelligent decisions is, is waiting for the emotional cloud to clear. Okay, so Seneca says that the greatest remedy for anger is delay. So if you are in an emotional state, I actually made a tweet on this today. What did I say? I said, if your emotional state, like if you evaluate your emotional state and it's more than five out of 10, don't make any decisions. Don't say anything. Keep your mouth shut. That's one of the best pieces of advice I can give you. So I, I really learned this lesson a couple of years ago when I was dealing with an extremely toxic relationship. And, you know, she was like intentionally trying to, I, I've talked about this a lot. This is, this is a while back, but um, she was like always trying to make me mad so that she could be like, you know, one, so that she could manipulate me two so that she could play the victim and be like, Oh, you're so mad at me. Very toxic. Very, uh, that, that she's the one that taught me what the word gaslighting means. Anyway, I learned the way I responded to that is I decided, okay, I'm going to master my emotions. I'm not going to get upset over anything. Um, and if I am, I'm going to, you know, control it. And what I did is I dived into the stoicism, the stoic philosophers, and it's just simple things. I just memorized a couple of quotes, one of which was the greatest remedy for anger is delay. And so every time I got mad, I just said, okay, listen, I can be mad, but I'm going to sit with it. I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to wait until I am no longer upset before I say anything. And it's like, yes, like you're talking to somebody and like, you know, you're talking to your boss or customer or whoever. You don't get to say, you know, hold on a second. I'm, I'm going to be right back. Or um, you just sit there and stare at them. That's not always an option. Okay. I get it. Like, you, you have to do what you can, you, you know, make it practical, obviously, but as much as you can refrain from speaking, 
refrain from like if you know that you if you want to say something like you want to say that comment or whatever or you want to you want to just put that thing out there but you know that you're in an emotionally charged state just wait that's it that's all you have to do is just learn to be patient because if you wait long enough that that feeling will pass right and then you can look at it with a clear head same thing with depression same thing with sadness right one of the the things that i repeat to myself all the time is this too will pass this too will pass if you're depressed if you're angry you know if something's actually happened to you like you're going through um difficult economic times you've lost your job maybe you're going through a breakup maybe um you know somebody that you that you care very much for um, is is upset with you maybe you made a mistake maybe like you deserve to be upset like whatever it is it helps to understand that on a long enough timeline this will pass and it will and you know the other side of that too is that if you're happy if things are going well for you remember well this isn't going to last either and it's not like depressed like oh no it's going to leave me but just to remember to appreciate it and also to take steps to protect yourself for when it does pass right so like if you're making a lot of money and you're doing very well for yourself economically your things are going great in your job um you know things you're happy in your relationship you're happy with all your friends it's like okay cash in on that like really like take advantage of the fact that things are going well and prepare yourself for the future it's like okay i have extra money coming in when it's it's so hard especially when you're young and it doesn't really get easier unless you actually make the habit of practicing this it's really hard to not like you know use your first big paycheck to go buy stupid stuff you know to go out to party or to go buy expensive things that you don't need it's tough it, it really is and i'm not saying don't enjoy your 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 money don't enjoy the, the the fruits of your labor but i am saying when you're young and always but when you're young especially prioritize the long term people in general struggle with this i think that it's it's even harder when you're when you're younger though it's very difficult to think about the long term because the short term is immediate it's in your face it feels real whereas the long term the future the distant you know 10 years from now it doesn't resonate it doesn't it doesn't feel real okay so it's and, and of course that's why people are fat that's why people are broke that's why people are um in the state that they're in because it's like it's easier to look at the short term and say i really want to eat this junk food i really feel like eating this cake right now and it's like well what's the long-term consequence of that oh there's no long-term consequence yes there is there absolutely is if you do it if you eat this whole cake right now guess what it's going to be that much easier to do it again so you're you're not excused from the law of cause and effect you do it once it's going to be harder to not do it again once you do it again, you have the habit of doing it. Not only are you going to consistently start doing this thing, you know, I use the analogy of buying junk food all the time. Not only is it likely that you're going to keep doing it, but once it's a habit, it's really easy to escalate, right? So it's like, um, you know, you go to the store and you see the Snickers bars next to the register, right? It's like, if you get it one time, is that the end of the world? No, in all reality, it's not. However, if you get it one time, the next time you crave it and you want it because you want it now because it's a short-term decision you're more likely to do it because you identify as somebody who buys candy bars as you're leaving the store you do it a few times now it's a habit not only at this point though 
once you do this consistently, let's say you get to the point where most times that you go in, like 60 to 80% of the time that you go into the store, you get a candy bar before you leave. Well, at that point, you're the kind of person that buys candy bars. It's, it's very likely that you're going to start buying more than one because you're the kind of person that buys it. And it's like, well, I want two this time. You're probably not going to say no. You haven't exercised the discipline to not buy in the first place. You're definitely not going to exercise the discipline that it takes to not get more. So that's how you get out of shape. That's how you get overweight, right? Same thing with going to the gym. Things that you don't want to do. It's like, well, if you skip it once, you're probably going to skip it again. Once you start skipping it consistently, it's like, well, I'm just not the person that works out, right? And once you're not the person that works out, well, you identify as somebody that's unhealthy. You see yourself as somebody who doesn't work out. You probably don't see yourself as somebody that eats healthy either. So then it becomes even easier to, to, to buy the candy bar and to, to start eating. This is how people get stuck in this, in this situation. Same thing with money. It's easy to look at what you want right now and to go buy it. It's hard to think about the long term and make intelligent decisions. I'm not saying don't enjoy your wealth. I'm not saying don't enjoy what you make. I'm saying learn to think long term. Excuse me, I got to adjust. Learn to make long term decisions as much as possible. Focus as much. Actually, no, wait, no, no. Okay, yeah, um, I'm going to talk about that in a second. Okay, we'll move on. Actually, no, let's just go ahead and talk about it now. Okay, shift your focus. I've talked about this before, but we're going to especially bring it back up. Shift your focus from long-term thinking um, in, in the sense of like, okay, how do I say this? Make, make long-term decisions, but put your energy into the short term. What I mean by that is, you know, have your plan, have your goal, like, you know, whatever your vision board is, do it. I'm not saying don't, but don't spend a lot of time fantasizing about it. And I know that seems counterintuitive in this modern world because the new age garbage that has taken over society, this spirituality bullcrap. I'm a very spiritual person, but the new age spiritual movement is trash. Don't listen to them. Get off of TikTok. If people are giving you spiritual advice on TikTok, block them. You're not going to manifest anything by imagining it. Okay, now don't get me wrong. The intellectual side of like a manifestation is important. You do need to have a clear vision of what you want and you should take time articulating that and you should bring it up regularly. It should not dominate your thinking and you should not make the mistake of thinking that because you have a very clear picture of what you want that you're just going to get it. It's maybe half of the equation. Now. If you don't put the work in, you're not going to get it. And you're not going to put the work in if you're too busy fantasizing about what you want. I made this mistake. I've sat there at work thinking about like, oh, I can't wait till I'm rich. And it's like, I'm not working. You know, and at some point I, that clicked for me and I realized it's like the amount of productivity increase that I have seen since I stopped letting myself fantasize as I'm sitting around with free time. And I've started thinking about, no, 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 I'm not going to imagine this, this, this future. I'm not going to imagine the vacations I'm going to take. No, no, no. What do I need to do right now? What is the most productive thing that I could do right now? Instead of thinking about things in the far off imaginary future, because they're not real, I started thinking about, and I'm not trying to sound harsh with this. I'm just, it irritates me. I started thinking instead of like, what are the problems that are actually confronting me right here, right now? What are the things that I should be paying attention to that I'm not? And when you cut off you know, that future imagination or whatever, when you cut that out and you start just like, no, 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 there's actual things in front of me that need to be solved that, that I need to address. How can I creatively solve those? 
I've become much more productive since I started doing that. So put your energy into the right here, right now, but make your plans for the future, okay? So if you're, if you know, if you don't have a plan that is long-term, you're only planning on living till 30, you're gonna burn out. You're, you're not gonna make good decisions. If your plans only extend for the next six months, you're not gonna make good decisions, right? You need the long-term plans that are gonna carry you in the right direction. Now, they may change because as you set out on that journey, you change. As you start down the path of you know personal development, you're gonna learn things and you're gonna realize, hey, actually, this isn't a good idea because I learned something, okay? There's a difference between starting off towards a goal getting uh, you know a few months into it and saying oh you know what because i've learned this this and this i actually don't want that goal anymore i want to do this instead and then you change course that's fine when you start off and you say oh this is hard actually eh, it's not really worth it that's that's stupid you're not going to get anywhere with that right that's lazy it's a lack of discipline it's a lack of commitment if you don't foster those qualities within yourself if you don't nurture them if you don't develop persistence um you're not going to get very far I hate to break it to you, but it's, it's just a harsh truth. So you make those plans like, yes, take the time to fantasize, make your vision board. I'm not hating on that. I'm just saying that people put way too much attention to, towards that and towards figuring out like, they sit around and talk about these vacations that they want to, I want to travel all these places. Have that conversation with your friends to get excited and inspired. But if you're doing it over and over again, what, what is the point? What could you be talking about with your friends? Because you could probably be talking about ways to make more money, you know, and actually moving towards it. You could actually be forming a real plan. If you're just fantasizing, it's useless, okay? That, that is only use, that should be like 1% of the planning process. It should be like 1% of your energy should go towards fantasizing. Because to, to, to fantasize helps you be creative and you can come up with plans that are like, bigger than what you would have thought of otherwise. And you should have big goals. You should have big plans. You should you should move towards things that inspire you and excite you. And you've got to fantasize to get to that point. But once you've got it worked out, you got to put the work in and you shouldn't be wasting your energy thinking about that stuff too much. Okay. Again, like don't take this as like super rigid, like never fantasize. That's not the point. I know somebody's going to misinterpret this and be like, oh, he said that you can't think about your future. No, like I'm saying be smart in how you allocate your energy, your resources, your time. If you are spending, if, if you know that you are avoiding doing tasks that you need to do to move yourself forward because you're thinking about something that doesn't exist, like be reasonable, you could make a much better use of your time and energy if you were to redivert your attention. Okay, next point. I think I've said enough about that. Let me grab some water. Okay, stress management. Manage your stress. Move on. Okay, next point. No, I'm just kidding. Stress management is important and it's difficult and it's, it's going to be a little bit different for everybody. Different things are going to stress different people out, but the, the, the bottom line is that if you can't manage your stress, you are going to be in a bad situation very quickly. I know a lot of people who are terrible at managing their stress. And don't get me wrong, I, I get stressed out pretty easily. Um, just, it, it is what it is. What I make up for with that, or the way I make up for that though, is that I get stressed out pretty easily, but I let the stress affect me very little. So I, I shouldn't get as stressed as I do because like, what that ends up happening is that a lot of different things stress me out a little bit. 
and then like they kind of add up and I, I lose control at that point but what i'm pretty good at is like if i'm in a stressful situation i've learned to not let it affect my decision making okay now this is gonna it sounds like i wish that i could be a little bit more like scientific and how i say this but I, I don't know how to say it this is something i learned very early on i'm, I'm going to illustrate it with a story <coughs> when i was very new to the military i've been there a few months i learned the basics and just if, in case you don't know if you're if you're before your first deployment you are just crapped on uh, and i mean even after that a little bit and you're, you're always crapped on in the military but you get no respect I mean, especially in the Marines, um, you got people banging on your door in the middle of the night on just random days just to screw with you. Um, people coming in there, starting fights with you for no reason, um, stressing you out on purpose for no reason. You know, all the training is just directed at you. Most of the workday is directed at trying to mentally and physically break new people and to upset them, to stress them out. And some of this is practical because as you, if you do this for a, a year and then you go like actually, um, you know, and you're, you're training for a year with people trying to upset you constantly. And they, they know how to upset you too, by the way. Um, and I won't say anything on the show because I don't want to get canceled, but um, they know how to get under your skin. Leave it at that. If you learn to develop a thick skin to where that stuff doesn't phase you and you can think under pressure which you have to it's very valuable okay because like they can't put you in an environment where people are actually shooting at you trying to kill you right they can make you like extremely stressed and spend a lot of time screaming at you and learn like find other ways to like to to stress you out and to to, to make it difficult to think while you're training and then to force you to learn how to react in those situations like yes it's not the real thing but like you can only do so much what that does is it it it, it, it it you learn to you you become conditioned to operating in stressful environments and so when something physically dangerous does happen you don't freak out the same way you learn to think under pressure you learn how to have grace under pressure so and like i'm probably taking too long to tell this but i went to i got i was lucky um i got to go to this really cool course i was i was very new um i was 18 at the time and they sent me to this course in florida with um the special forces team and basically the, the in a nutshell what it was it was it was their training they were learning how to train for militaries and so they had people um other marines just come down and pretend to be for military so that they could train us um, so it was really for their benefit, but of course, like they're special ops dudes and they're super cool and they're very knowledgeable. So they taught us a bunch of stuff. So it was, it was a very good experience. I learned a lot. What I learned the most though, was how to stay calm under pressure because I'm 18, brand new. Everybody hates me because I'm brand new and I'm a kid. Like, I don't really know what's going on and I only kind of know my job and like only halfway. And I get there and they ask who wants to be the squad leader. So of course I'm like, Hell yeah, I want to be the squad leader. So now I'm in charge of 13 people that are all more experienced than me, who all hate me, <laughs> who all want to stress me out. Now, they weren't like, you know, disobedient, like during tactical exercises, they let me, but it's like, they wanted to stress me out. It's in a stressful environment. I'm under a lot of pressure because like, there's a bunch of special ops dudes around that like, this is an official training thing too. Like there's like, 
very high ranking people there. So there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of stuff going on. And I hadn't been in a leadership position yet. I wasn't even a team leader before that. So I just jumped right into this. I was very stressed. It was it was a nightmare. I was so bad at it. I was so bad. I will never remember or excuse me, I will never forget like one of the first few days that we were there, we were doing, we were practicing for a raid. We were doing a room clear and whatever the situation was, mind you, this is, this is training, but we try to make it as realistic as possible. I remember, I don't even remember the situation exactly this, the scenario, but we were outside of this, um, this, this, this building and something happened, something developed in this scenario, whatever. And I froze. It's like, I don't know what to do. And I, I will never forget freezing and be like, ah, crap. Like, mine's just blank, panic, terrified, <laughs> freaking out. And this dude walks around me and just screams in my face. I can't even repeat what he said, but he basically told me to get my act together. Walks in, kicks the door in and walks in and, like, you know, finishes the exercise. And then comes back out and screams at me again. I will. I. I. It's all a blur, but I. I'll, I'll never forget the blur. And then, of course, we go do the actual exercises, and the, we go through this whole process where we're, you know, it's actually some really complicated stuff that we were doing that I was in charge of, and I was not ready for it. I didn't do that well. I'm not trying. I wish this was a story where I overcame adversity, but honestly, I just failed flat on my face over and over again the entire time we were there. But when I got back to my unit in North Carolina, everything else was easy because I had been in the hot seat in a really like, um, like, a, like a high level um, operation for a minute. Like, and like there was some cool stuff that, that went down too. It was very, very in-depth um, training. And uh, it was very stressful, a lot of moving parts. So when I got back to my regular day-to-day -day stuff, I'm like, oh, this is easy, right? And what I started to pick up on is that I hadn't really gotten that good at like the tactical stuff yet. I hadn't. What I had developed though was a very thick skin and the ability to disassociate from the stress, from the environment. So now when people are screaming in my ear, now when there's complicated stuff happening, I can just pause for a second and I can think and I can just tune it all out. And it was like a superpower. And what I realized was most people weren't at that level yet. And so I actually very quickly started to do well and I did start to pull ahead of my peers. Now, I was also 18 and had a massive ego. So um, I ended up thinking I was better than everybody else and got into a lot of fights with my superiors and ended up getting kicked out of that unit. And that's a whole nother story. But the point is that like forever after that, I'm looking at new leaders that are brought in. I'm looking at people that are that are around, people that outranked me, people that have been in longer, and I'm watching them not able to or watch them not be able to control themselves in these stressful situations. And it's like you see them freeze, and I'm thinking, oh, yeah, that was me too. Now look, you learn through experience. You learn by failing. You throw yourself into the fire, and you survive or you don't. It burns away all the impurities, right? Sink or swim. Not that you can swim in fire. You know what I mean. So that was something I'm very fortunate that, that I learned that early on. And what the point I'm trying to make here is that I don't know a scientific term for like, this is exactly how you do this, but learn to disassociate from the stress, not in like a, like a, you know, mentally unstable way where you're like disassociating, but where you learn to tune things out, where you, and, and look, the only way to learn this is to be in stressful situations and to practice. Okay. 
approach it with the growth mindset, understand that you're probably going to screw it up. You're not going to be that great at it at first, okay? But make it a point to put yourself in situations that really challenge you, things that stress you out, things that you are not ready for, and learn to manage your emotional state while you're going through that. It's going to be tough. And look, if you're somebody who is really struggling with anxiety and like normal daily stuff stresses you out, don't think that you have to go join the military and do this. Don't think that you have to go start a business. Don't think that you have to go on stage and speak to people. I hate when, you know, people are like, oh, you know, you have this, you have a hard time doing daily tasks. And they're like, oh, we'll go do this crazy thing that is hard for anybody. And it's like, you don't do it and you feel like a failure. Like, no, no, no. Pick the battle that's appropriate for where you're at. Okay. So what's really difficult for you may be super easy for somebody else. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Okay. Pick an appropriate challenge and start overcoming it. I would say, you know, depending on your level of self-esteem, if you're if you really lack self-esteem, start with the small baby steps. There is nothing wrong with that. That's how you build self-confidence. If you have a little bit more faith in yourself, pick things that are gonna push you past what you think you can handle. Okay. Now, again, if you're like struggling to tie your shoes in the morning, don't worry about like starting a business, right? Not yet anyway. Take take some time to build some mental stability. But pick things that are going to push you and challenge you and just get used to being stressed out. But don't be stressed out for the sake of being stressed out. Be stressed out, but learn to regulate your emotional state. Learn to take a breath and to tune out all the stuff that's bothering you and to just think. If you master that skill, you will have something that will help you for the rest of your life that most people never learn. Okay, I still see this all the time. People never learn how to do this. And it's really sad because it's, it's so important. And you see people freeze all the time. Don't get me wrong. I still freeze sometimes. But even if I really freeze, it's not like deer in the headlights. It's, hmm, hold on a second. I need to think about this. And I may look like I'm frozen. It may take me an awkward amount of time to find an answer. But it's not me sitting there panicking. I may feel panic. I may feel afraid. But it's not the same level as it would be if I hadn't gone through that process, okay? So you don't have to join the military to do this, but you, you do need to make it a habit of putting yourself in situations that are going to hurt you, or, well, not, not, not actually hurt you, but challenge you. Better way. Let, me, let me say it that way. Don't seek out to be hurt. <laughs> oh, I'm talking to myself when I say that. Anyway, you know, find those situations and learn, learn to manage how you respond to them, which goes into the other, other stuff that we've been talking about. Um, it's a superpower. It really is. Being able to stay calm under pressure is so valuable, right? Because that's going to translate into work. It's going to translate into the arguments that you have with your, your significant other. It's going to translate into just like everything. Like there's, life is stressful. Life is challenging. Um, it may even come down to like, you know, life or death situations where, you know, there's a traffic incident where you have to think very quickly and decide like, do I slam on the brakes? Do I drive off the road? You know, God forbid that that happened, obviously. But like, there's there's a lot of daily things. There's a lot of um, freak accidents that are going to come upon you. And you're going to be forced to respond either with fear or with logic. And you know what? Like, you might not, you might not always make the right choice. But if you don't take the time now when you're not, you know, in the heat of battle, if you don't take the time now to train yourself, then you're not going to be prepared. All right, enough said on that. Um, but I will say just a couple of little pointers with that, because I know I didn't give anything super practical with it. Make it a point to slow down. Tell yourself, hey, it's okay to pause. 
Let me get some water. Enjoy my pause for a second. Break the rhythm a bit. I probably, I've been told that I speak very monotone. I don't, I, I think I speak less and a, a little less monotonously. That's if that's even a word. I think I'm less monotonous now. I hope, I hope I am. I don't know. I have been told that I ramble a bit though. That I will agree with. I'm not even going to argue about it. Okay, but all right. When, when you're in those situations, I know it's cliche, but slow down. It's, it's better to take a pause, take a breath for your benefit than it is to just frantically start doing stuff. Okay. Now, at the same time, and, and this is also going back to the military, this is one of the first things that I learned. If you're, if this, this is for combat training, but they always told us, look, if you're in a situation where you are genuinely stuck, you don't know what to do. So like you're pinned down, people are shooting at you. And obviously we did this in training, so people weren't actually shooting at us, but you know, you're, you're in a scenario where you're, you don't really know how to move forward. You don't know if you should move forward, but you definitely like, there's no clear option. There's no clear strategy. This was hammered into me. It's better to do something than nothing. And that something should be to advance. It's like, look, if you're in doubt and you don't know what to do, just move forward, advance, take ground. Okay. They, they said this a million times. I would rather have to pull you back than try to push you forward. I will, you know, and they'll say, we'll light you up if we have to pull you forward. If we have to make you move and you're not moving fast enough, that is an issue. It will never be an issue if you're too aggressive, if you're taking too much ground, if you're fighting too hard, that will never be an issue. I'd rather have to, you know, pull myself out, out, out of the fight for a second to pull you back than, than to try to push you forward. We can deal with too much aggression. We can't deal with cowardness. Okay. I think that that applies to everything in life. I think that that's a very good philosophy. I think that that's a very, it has served me very well when in doubt. Now, look, the, not saying to do stupid things, but when in doubt, if you are stuck and you don't know what to do, pick the best option you can and go do it. There's a time and place for patience. There's a time and place for waiting to, to let things unfold. So I'm not saying that this is like the only way to ever do anything. But I have noticed that most people tend to get stuck. Most people tend to get fixated on, well, not even fixated, just, just wrapped up in patterns, just wrapped up in behaviors and habits that they can't seem to get out of. Move forward, take ground, advance. You know, you're, you're at this dead end job that you don't like. Okay, go do something else. What's the worst that can happen? You suck at it, you hate, you find another job that you hate. Okay, at least you have moved forward, right? I'm not saying to do this every three months, but if you've been there for a year or two and you're not getting anything out of it and you know you can do more, move forward. That's all it is, okay? It's gonna be stressful, but learn to control that stress and you will be okay. By the way, once you learn this skill, you have so much confidence in yourself to take on challenges because you know you can handle it. You may not know the stuff that goes along with it, but you know that you can handle the adversity. Dude, it makes all the difference in the world, I promise you. Okay, we're running out of time here. Remember that your brain can only focus on one thing at a time. And when things are stressful, everything seems equally important. So look, very quickly, learn to narrow your focus down to what the most important thing is, okay? Because like your brain becomes overactive. Everything seems like it's equally dangerous um, when you're in that fight or flight mode. Learn to focus on one thing at a time, okay? Learn to focus on what the most, to identify the most important thing 
your brain can't can't do more than that at once so figure out what it is quickly take a breath figure out what it is and move forward act on it okay developing self-awareness we're going to move through this last few kind of quickly developing self-awareness this honestly comes down to reflection okay it's taking the time to critically evaluate your actions your thoughts your behaviors the patterns that you're in um i think i actually i, I advise setting aside time just to reflect okay even if it's just a once a week sit on your porch sit outside of nature and just think go over the week i'd say do it every day honestly at the end of the day sit down and like analyze things not in the sense of like beating yourself up not in the sense of um you know thinking yourself into decision paralysis or getting stuck in oh it was so stupid that i did that i suck i fail bruce lee had this really good advice about training when you're like it's like when you throw a punch when you throw a kick don't think oh that was a bad kick that was a good kick that was a good punch bad punch just notice it for what it is if you made a mistake just notice it don't get fixated on thinking oh i messed up just realize that you could have done better and move on that's it that's all you need you don't need to to get stuck on things you don't need to beat yourself up over your mistakes you just need to acknowledge them and to move on the, as you develop a habit of doing this and thinking about yourself critically not not to beat yourself up but just to understand yourself your same thing as we talked about last episode listen to other people with the intention of understanding evaluate your own actions and behaviors with the intention of understanding yourself a lot of wisdom will come from this i promise you and also fill in the gaps here by asking people around you okay talk to people around you because you have blind spots that they don't you're not going to catch everything I'm st I, like I, I said a minute ago, I'm still uncovering toxic negative patterns that I established years ago. And I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty self-aware for the most part. I like to think anyway, but you know, just recently I learned not as self-aware as I thought I was. Now, when I say I'm very self-aware, I don't mean that in, in an egotistical way, like, oh, I'm better than most people. I mean that like compared to myself 10 years ago, yes, so much better, okay? Compared to myself 10 years from now, I suck. I hope anyway, I hope I get better. And compared to other people, it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. It only, it only matters what improvement and progress I'm making. Okay. And that plays in perfectly to the next point. Seek wise counsel and avoid the foolish. You're not going to have all the answers. And if you're halfway intelligent, even a fifth of the way intelligent, you know that. You're not going to have all the answers, so find people who are generally intelligent, people who are smart, and ask them. You know, rely on the wisdom of the crowd. Now, that doesn't mean that just because everybody says something that you should do that. It doesn't necessarily mean that you should do it, okay? Um, a couple things that I'll really caution you on here, and I, I still say you should ask people for advice, especially when it's like, what do you think of me? Like, be honest with me. Give me some feedback. Understand a few things. One is that people are... Their advice, like you, if you can find a real friend who's going to be honest with you, not not rude, but just straightforward, um, you know, and, and not from an egotistical way, but from the sense like I want to help you, and like I think a good way to 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 know if they're trying to help you is if they're a little bit nervous. If they're like, hey, like I actually don't want to say this, but I think you should hear it. That's a good sign. If somebody's like, hey, you know what, you keep doing this mistake, listen to it, but you know. It, it may be coming from a place of ego. Now, if, if people are getting upset with you over something, 
that's actually a good sign too though because like that's feedback that you're getting that's an opportunity for you to learn look at that it's like if you're doing something and people are getting mad at you people are not paying like they're not spending time with you anymore after you do those things that's a good sign that what you're doing is wrong or that you're violating some rule of human interaction don't take that personally as like oh they hate me take that as a sense of like ah okay i get it now i can fix that thing i can't tell you how many times like just so many so many times i've done this myself i've seen other people do it i've caught myself i've probably not caught myself sometimes but it's like people react to you negatively and you take it personally like oh they don't like me or oh they're they're rude they they got upset with me it's like when you shift from thinking like that and instead take it and look at what did i do to make that happen now it may be their problem i'm not saying that it, it, it sometimes isn't their problem but when you look at it as ah I learned something I learned what not to do and you look at it as a positive thing and you look at that person and say I appreciate you saying that I appreciate you acting like that hey I'm sorry for that um, I've learned something I'm gonna work on that right now you may realize that those people are impossible to please you may realize that they're crazy <laughs> for lack of a better term you may realize that they've got their own issues and at that point it's like okay you make the decision at then like do I want to how do I want to react to this but when the way that people respond to you is a good indicator of how you actually come across. Okay. Um, don't take it personally, take it as a chance to learn. Like if you look in a mirror and your face is dirty, you don't sit there and cry about it and say, Oh my God, I'm so dirty. I'm disgusting. You say, honey, clean my face up. It's like, Oh, my hair looks nuts. Crazy. That's a weird way to say it. My hair looks like I'm crazy. My hair looks crazy. I don't know why I said that. Um, my eyebrows need to be plucked. You know, my mustache is, getting kind of wild like what's going on here you don't take that personally and say oh the mirror's out to get me well other people are a mirror for you as well now they have their own agenda they have their own crap in their head so bear that in mind but if people are consistently consistently excuse me consistently responding to you in a negative way it's a good sign you need to change something but that's that's a that's a positive thing because you know what it is now that you need to change um Yes, so seek out the wise counsels, look for the wisdom of the crowd. Now, what I was going to say about that, be careful, like, if, if, you're, if you're going to get advice from people, don't hold information back from them, okay? Um, I have a specific thing in my mind where people told me to do something in a relationship a, while, a couple of years back, and I, I listened to them, and it was bad advice. But it wasn't bad advice because they were incorrect it was because i had actually withheld a lot of information that was relevant so they didn't know the whole story when they told me to do what i did and so i was like i i could have handled that better right and it's it's difficult sometimes to do that like if you're asking for advice on your career for example and you don't mention to your like let's say you go to your parents you say what do you think i'm good at what like you don't you've known me my whole life what am i best at but you don't tell them that you're super ambitious and you want to be very wealthy or you want to be um somebody who has a major impact you and and they're the kind of people that are just like oh well he probably or he or she wants to work you know either in a traditional in, in a traditional job right and they start thinking of normal jobs for you right whereas if you say listen i don't want a normal job i'm very ambitious and i'm willing to work for it what do you think I should do? Be honest with me. If they look at you at that point, they may not know what job to suggest to you or to career, but now they know that you want something unusual. They want something more. So maybe they focus instead on your attributes. 
So they can focus, well, you're really good at this, that, and the other, but you're not good at this, that, and the other, right? And say, or they may look at you and say, listen, I love that energy. I like that you're ambitious. I mean, they may not be polite about how they say this, but they, hopefully they are, but they may look at you and say, I don't think you can do it because you haven't displayed any consistency. You don't have any self-discipline. That's feedback. That's something that you should listen to. But if you never tell them, hey, I'm ambitious, I want to do something more, and they're just giving you, well, you should be a plumber. Like, you can't fault them for that. So don't withhold relevant information when you are seeking the counsel. Definitely avoid the, the foolish people. And those fools will make themselves evident very quickly. I don't need to talk about that much. Last thing, and we're going to wrap up. Actually, no, two more things. Very quickly. Learn to eliminate, eliminate, excuse me, learn to eliminate the right things from your life. You only have so much time and so much energy. So when you start out on the process of self-improvement, as you go through life, you're going to have more and more stuff come up, okay? Learn to cut out the right things and not the wrong things. So a good stereotypical um, example of this is the guy who bites off more than he, than he can chew at work. He gets super into his career as a workaholic, um, and then he lets the rest of his life go, right? Like he comes home at the end of the day, he's exhausted. He just wants to watch TV, right? He wants to relax. And so he spends that time watching TV instead of working on his marriage or instead of going to the gym, instead of working out, right? And so instead of cutting, like, you still have the same amount of time. That's the point here. So he has this time, but instead of cutting out TV, and which is understandable, like you want to relax, but do you cut out TV or do you cut out quality time with the people that, care, that you care about? You know, eliminate the television before you eliminate the marriage in this example. Now, that's like a super abbreviated metaphor. I think you kind of understand. I don't, I don't think that that's too complicated. That's, it's such a stereotypical example that like, something from my personal life, I had a decision to make about a year ago when I started the coaching business because I've been doing the podcast for a while, but I was also doing a couple of other side projects. I don't, you guys probably don't know about that. It doesn't matter. I had to ask myself, said, listen, like, I've got a lot of stuff on my plate. I can't spend an hour a day doing this other thing and more time researching how to do it um, on top of doing this other thing this other stuff with, with this other project. And like, that's an hour a day. This is an hour a day. This is an hour a day. And I can't, I just, I can't do all this stuff and work on the podcast, um, work on the, 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 the business coaching business, which by the way, if you guys want to work with me, hit me up, um, change your life. Uh, I'm just saying, um, I realized I had to cut out other things that I, I cared about, but I, I looked at it and I said, what is the best use of my time? Well, the show is actually changing people's lives. I get messages all the time from people that have benefited from this. The business is something that can realistically make me money, you know, because people are asking, like, I hadn't started the business and people had already wanted to work with me as a coach. It's like, okay, this can make me money. This can make my dreams come true. And more importantly, I'm having an impact. This is doing something for someone besides myself. These other projects are just for me. These other projects are just because I like doing them and I want to be good at it. It's like, yes, they're very important to me, but I have to eliminate something. What am I going to cut out? I actually enjoy doing the other things more. That actually spoke to my soul more for whatever reason. But I had to make a decision and I decided I'm going to cut those things out. doesn't mean I'm not going to come back to them down the road when I have time for them. Um, I forget who said this. It's a great quote. I wish I could give credit for it. 
is something along the li lines of you can do everything you want in life. You can accomplish everything you want in life, just not at the same time. At, and that I, I heard that around the same time. I was like, yeah, you know what? Like, I've got to come back to this, right? So cut out the things that you don't need. Eliminate the right stuff. So for example, you know, I'm not like you need rest. I'm not saying don't take a break. But if you're spending a lot of time watching TV and your relationships are suffering or you're not or you're not going to work out, you're not working out, um, you're not spending time reading and improving yourself. It's like, well, you kind of know what you need to do in that situation. All right. So there's that last thing. I don't even want to bring this up because I, I feel like I need to go in depth about it. And I feel like this actually I, did, I saved it for the end, though, because I know it's going to piss some people off, which is great. Bring it on. Ugh, I'm going to open up my messages tomorrow morning and just see a bunch of hate. Let's go. All right. Listen, understand that I'm going to say this and it's going to upset some people. Bear with me. Let me explain myself and let me also make it a point to say that I, I say this with love. I'm not saying this because I'm trying to push an agenda or because I think that my way of doing things is right or because I look down on certain people. I'm doing this because I've seen the negative effect it has. And I think it's very sad that people are falling into this trap. And I think it's truly evil that society is pushing this. Now, when I say society, I don't mean that everybody involved is evil, but the people pushing the agenda certainly are. So with that said, let me leave you in suspense for a second while I take another sip of water. We've talked a lot about habits. We've talked a lot about patterns. The things that you do early in life matter. Honestly, everything matters. Now, I would love to approach this from a spiritual standpoint and say that God is always watching, but I know that that's gonna alienate a lot of people. So let me look at it this way, just, just so that I know I have everybody's attention. You don't get away with anything because We've already established that if you do something once, it's easier to do it again. The thing with patterns is, the thing with habits is, they become unconscious. And I, I, everyone says unconscious, everyone says the unconscious mind, the subconscious mind, whatever. I've been on this journey for years. I've been researching for years. Every so often, every few months, I have these epiphanies where I realize on a deeper and deeper and deeper level, just how profound the mystery of the unconscious mind is. And like we, we can't even fathom it. The amount of stuff that we do without realizing it is ridiculous. And I remember the first time that really clicked. It was, I, I had read Thinking Fast and Slow, and I read it for like early on in the show when I was talking about the unconscious mind. I was like, wow, like I, we really do so much stuff without even knowing it. Like the unconscious is almost like another person in our brain that's just working all the time and making us do things. And we remember doing the things. It's not that we're asleep. We just don't know why we did it. But there's hidden motives. There's things that we genuinely don't even know that we do we're not even aware of it so unconscious means unconscious <clears throat> so if you establish negative habits it can be incredibly hard to see them and you can go the rest of your life without ever knowing that you're carrying them out that you are performing them so 
Everything you do matters. Everything that you do is important because the unconscious is always watching. Now, the unconscious is not out to get you. It's always looking to the conscious mind for direction. What you choose to do consciously, the unconscious assumes this is what we do, and it just keeps doing it. It becomes the default, and it's like, okay, I got you. You want to do this? Okay, yeah, you, we, we got a we candy bar as we leave the store? Okay, I got you. We always get a candy bar. Because what happens is that saves processing power. We're not going to get super into this because it's a whole other episode and we talk about it all the time. The point I want to make here, in particular, <clears throat> so stereotypical things like make sure you exercise, make sure you eat healthy, um, all that stuff. What nobody seems to talk about is when it comes to relationships, there's this social thing, and I'm going to push my social opinions, whatever, deal with it. There's this really toxic belief that you should date around a lot early on. And it's especially push people like, have fun in your 20s. What that does, now there's, there's two sides to the coin here, and obviously there's a point of diminishing returns, return, excuse me. When you tell people, oh, don't worry about settling down to your, till, until you're 30 or so, what happens with that is you develop a habit of not committing to people. And I, I, I really, I, I didn't even realize this until the other day. I was having a conversation with, um, with my parents, actually. And it, it, we, were, we were kind of talking about, um, you know, just like how hard it is to, to get started in the world and some, some of the, the social issues that we see in society. And one thing that, that came up was like, yeah, you know, people, the, it's, it's kind of encouraged to, to sleep around and, and to, to date all these different people. And what I realized is like how many relationships I've seen either in my personal life or close friends where they, they and myself included, develop this pattern of you get in a relationship and you have these fights and then you break up because it's like, okay, you know what? 20s are for hanging out. 20s are for having fun. I don't need to get serious yet. It's like, well, you don't have to get serious in a relationship. You don't have to only date people that you're pretty sure you're going to marry. I'm not saying that. I, I, I'm not saying like, don't date anybody. I'm just saying that you, if you don't take it seriously now, that becomes an ingrained habit on an unconscious level. And you see people that are in their 30s or 40s or 50s that, that can't stay with other people. They can't deal with other people because they have this established pattern that every, every time an argument comes up, every time things get difficult, they just leave. Why? Because they did it when they were 20. They did it when they were 19, when they were 25. Because society said, oh, go out and party, have fun. Just, you know, it, it doesn't matter. No consequences. Uh -huh. No, there's always consequences. Again, I'm not saying that you have to stay with or hold off until you find the perfect person. Like there, it, there is a certain balance where you have to, you, you have to um, kind of go through the process a little bit to develop the discernment and the discretion that you need in order to make wise decisions, right? Um, I was engaged a few years ago, and I, how old was I? I think I was, I think I was 24. Um, I was engaged, and I was a <laughs> it was a really stupid decision. And like, I'm very grateful that, you know, that, that broke off when it did, but it's like, I was a slow learner in that department. I would not have developed the wisdom that I have now, which is still minuscule, just to be clear. But I wouldn't have grown to, to make the intelligent decisions that I have started to make if I hadn't, you know, dated a little bit, right? Now, 
I probably could have learned that without going as far as I did. I, I, I probably would have still learned that if I hadn't gotten engaged to that girl just, just by dating her. The point being like, yes, you do have to get some life experience. But if your goal is just to date around, I promise you that that's going to screw you up later. And I just, I need to say that because I don't hear people talking about it. I hear everybody talking about, um, well, let's just go out. You're like, we, we need to get you some experience under your belt. Like, you need to go have fun. You need to do all this. Stuff. It's like, yes, to some extent, but society has gone so far overboard with it. I'm not, I'm not suggesting that we go back to a Victorian era, or excuse me, era of, um, you know, what's the word? <laughs> morality. Morality is not the right word, but I'm not saying that we go back to that point of like super restrictive. Not at all. Don't misinterpret that. I'm saying that we have gone so far overboard and getting away from that, that is destroying people's lives. And it's especially destructive to women. It's especially destructive to, 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 to young girls. Um, because, you know, just one of the harsh realities is that like, look, you're more attractive as a 21 year old girl than you are as a 31 year old girl. It's or woman, whatever. Um, men, you know, for whatever it's worth, like we have a little bit more leeway, right? Like men restart all the time. It's, it's just, it's easier because we don't peak in terms of sexual um, market value attractiveness. We don't, we don't hit our, our peak until typically mid thirties, right? Women tend to, you know, age, or death comes for us all, but you know, the, the age thing kind of is an issue. And it's really sad to see how many 19, 20, 21 year old women are, have this mindset like, no, 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 my 20s are playing around. It's like, okay, but w what do you mean by that? When does it stop? Do you stop when you're 30? Because you're competing with 21 year old girls at that point. Now, I'm not trying to turn this into a social debate. I think that it's very honestly sad. It's really sad to see like my friends that are getting a little bit older that bought into this who are and I, I've had women come to me crying so many times because it's like it's it's you hit that point where you realize like oh actually I've wasted a lot of good opportunities or I could have put that energy into something productive and I didn't and it's it's heartbreaking and it's like I don't know what to tell you honestly like you have to like you have to play the cards that you have in your hand at this point right like you can't go back and change it but I think it's very destructive that people teach um, or society teaches young people that like you can get away with doing this. Just wait till you're a little bit older. It's like, well, as a man, you have a little bit more time before you start to um, pass your prime. I didn't mean to make that rhyme. And I just rhymed again saying that. That sounded so awkward when I think about it. Anyway, as a man, you have a little bit more time. The point being, though, it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. You still have those negative habits. You still have those negative patterns, okay? And you're, you're going to have negative patterns no matter what. You're never going to be perfect. But the more of them you can minimize, the better. This is a super important thing to talk about. And look, it's, it's uncomfortable to talk about. Nobody likes to say this. Um, people get upset about this kind of stuff. People call me misogynist because I say true things that in the interest of helping people, in the interest of helping, helping people figure things out. Um, and, and one thing that I would that I would put out there as a potential solution. So if you understand that as a young woman, you have you are in the best position 19 to say 25, that's your best time to find the best possible partner, right? Because because that's when you're the most attractive, just harsh truth. But you don't have the wisdom 
you don't have the life experience. How do you balance that out? Because that's a real, that's, a, that's an issue, right? Because, you know, a lot of young people marry the wrong person early on, or they get, they get attached to super toxic people, super abusive people even. So it's like, how do you balance that? It's like, well, you need to date around, but the more you date around, the less attractive you become, the more bad habits you pick up. It's like, how do you fix that? And the best solution that I have thought of, and if you think of a better one, by all means, reach out to me. And I know people are going to reach out to me for all sorts of other things about this because um, it's going to upset some people. I'm not talking to those people, though. I'm talking to the people that have half a brain. <laughs> that sounded so antagonistic. I didn't, mean, I didn't mean it like that. Look, we are all victims of social programming in one way or another. Okay, So if, you, if this upsets you and maybe I'm an asshole, whatever, but think about it for a second. Why does it upset you? Does it upset you because it's something uncomfortable that you don't want to think about? Or is it actually something that I'm just making up? Like, am I being unrealistic? Am I being mean when I say this? Or is it something that's uncomfortable to think about? It is uncomfortable to think about. I fully admit it. That's why I've, my tone has changed the whole time I've been talking about this. I don't like saying uncomfortable things. Not to people I care about anyway. Um, I'll start arguments with people I don't care about all day, but no, no, no. The point is that, look, I, I, I bring this up because I, I want to set people on the right path. I want people to avoid developing self-destructive patterns. I want people to strategize in a way that maximizes their natural assets. And that has to be done from a standpoint of reality. Modern culture has lost touch with reality. There's no common sense, especially in the West. Like, I love my country, but we're delusional here. We are. There's no common sense. There's no wisdom. And so things like this are very difficult to talk about because it's politically incorrect. But it's harsh truths. And it's like if you avoid the harsh reality of life, you're not going to get anywhere. So understand, again, I'm saying this with love. How do you fix this? The, the best way for, for women in particular, my opinion, is to go back to what we already talked about to seek wise counsel. Because think about it. You're 1925. You're at the time when you're best able to secure a good partner, but least able to discern what a good partner is. How do you overcome that? Counsel. If you know, if you are plugged into a you know church, you got a good relationship with your family, you got a good social life, you have solid friends, um, you know, you have people that you can talk to, that you can rely on, and you have a lot of people who care about you. And all of those people, and you go to them for advice. It's like you don't have to listen to any one person or even one group of people. But if you go to all these people and say, hey, I really like this person, what do you think? And all of them say no. Oh, no, that's a terrible idea. He's toxic. He's crazy. He's psychotic. Don't marry that person. Don't be in a relationship with them. That's Teenagers aren't going to listen. I didn't listen. But some people will. And if you, make, if you don't listen to other people, then like that's your own mistake at that point. My point being that like it may not seem like a good decision. You may not understand why. But if you are a wise person, even as a young person, you can go to other people and you can get that feedback. And you can avoid making those painful mistakes. And you can avoid learning from life experience. Okay, You can expedite your personal growth in that way by relying on other people. The same way you read a biography about somebody who was successful and you get inside their head a little bit and you see the patterns that they established early in life and the mistakes that they made, 
you can save yourself time and stress by not making the same mistakes they did. Okay, so you can go to other people who are older than you and have that discernment and say, hey, this is my situation. Again, give them all the relevant information. If you hold that stuff back, then they can't give you good advice. I think that that's a great way to do it. Now, I hear some of you saying, well, what about people that want to do that? And it makes sense, but I don't have friends. <laughs> I feel you. Um, look, that's its own obstacle to, to overcome. I'm not saying that you have to be in that perfect situation, but make the, make the most of what you have, right? Find the people that do care about you. And listen, if you don't have anybody in your life that cares about you, you should make that a priority. You should go find those people. You should find those people and nurture those relationships. How do you do that? Well, there's a lot of ways to do it, and it's kind of outside the scope of this, but I would suggest, if nothing else, go to the people that you're related to. Yes, they're crazy. Yes, they're screwed up. Some of them may have hurt you. Like, obviously, protect yourself. Avoid people that are going to actually hurt you. But if you can repair those relationships, which it's hard to do when you're 22, it is. I, I did not get along with my parents when I was 22. I, I get it. I'm not saying it's easy. It is important, though. Um, you can find friends everywhere you go if you follow the advice that I've already given you in these last two episodes, okay, or last three episodes now. You can establish a community. You can establish friendships. You can establish bonds, people that care about you. You can do it. It may be difficult. Um, that is important, though. All right. I'm not a very social person. This took me forever to learn. But since I have made it a point to nurture the relationships with the people that I do have available. So it's like, look, random friends, um, people that come into my life. Like there was there was somebody um, about a year ago that came into my life and this individual was going through some difficult times. I cared about them. And so I went and I made it a point to support them. Didn't do anything super crazy. They would have been fine without me, but I made it a point to show up because I was like, you know what? I care about this. I, I care about establishing good connections with people, not in a manipulative way, but to help people, to build a community. I want to be surrounded by people that care about me and that I care about that are going to support me and I can support back. And I'm going to take the first step to do that. I helped this person out. Guess what? This person is still in my life now, and they have helped me out tremendously. Okay? So you take the initiative to go build those good relationships with people. You're not going to hit every shot, and you're not going to find good people every time. But through persistence, persistency? Yes, that's the word. But by being, excuse me, by being persistent, by taking responsibility for what you can, and seeking out wise counsel and good groups of friends, you will find them. It may not happen overnight, but you will find them. And this applies to everything. But guys, like I, I really truly feel this from the bottom of my heart. I just think like the, the things that society and culture and media are teaching young people these days about how to date, about how to treat your family, about how to treat your body, about what, what to watch, what to consume you know, in, uh, on an intellectual level, what to believe, it's garbage. Most of it's garbage. Look around at the world and look, look at the state of the, of, of the place that we live in. Look at the way these people live. Look at this, the, the, the way that we have degenerated. And tell me that popular wisdom, that the common opinion of the average man and woman in this country, tell me that that is wise. Tell me it is useful. Tell me it has utility. Tell me. Try, try to tell me that. 
try to look at culture and media, society, honestly, and say, oh, yeah, 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 they're giving good advice. No, they're not. I don't know what to tell you. They're not. They are doing destructive things to people. And that's a whole series in and of itself. I'm not going to get into it. I'm just going to say, I, I'm, I'm telling you this because I, I want to break you out of that. I want you to face the uncomfortable questions, the harsh truths that scare you, that make you feel that cognitive dissonance, where it's like, oh, no, no, I don't want to believe that. I don't want to face that. I don't want to think about getting older, or I don't want to, you know, and I, I don't want to confront the fact that, you know, I may be alone as a product of my own actions, you know? I may be, I, I don't want to, I don't want to look at the things like, I, I, I want to go with the political correct way of thinking. I want to go with the, with the popular wisdom, the common opinion. If you decide to do that, I can't help you. Nobody can. But I think that if you guys are listening to this show, you have the wherewithal to evaluate yourself rationally. I hope. So I'm going to bring up stuff that challenges you every now and again. Thank you guys for listening. Um, as always, you can reach me. You can reach me on my website. You can reach me on Instagram. It's uh, Jack Gray Psychology Hacks. Um, uh, people, I, I probably get more people reach out over DMs. If you guys have like a casual thing or if you, want to reach out for coaching or whatever if you just have some some questions to ask me hop on like by all means if it's if it's not super like an urgent thing i may not get back to you immediately but i will get back to you um but yeah get with me for coaching check out the episodes that i have coming up i'm going to do emotional stability next um that's going to be a good one i'm very excited for it i'm very excited for the direction that this this show is going i've seen so much growth and that growth has always come Right after I, you know, talk about topics that I think that people are going to react negatively to. It's always the most random things that upset people. Like when I told people that, you know, you're going to outgrow your friends. If you're truly dedicated to success, you're going to outgrow your friends. That upset so many people. But then I start, I, I got on, I think it was personality and character. And I started talking about how you guys are just degenerates. You're lazy. You're weak. And I started like attacking people and just being super blunt. And I was like, yeah, this is going to piss people off. And you guys loved it. So I was like, I don't really know what's going to happen. This is all an adventure to me. I never know how people are going to respond to what I say. So all I can do is be authentic. All I can do is be honest. I may make mistakes, but if I make an honest mistake, I can go back and correct it. And, you know, it's, it is what it is. I've learned something. If I'm not honest, if I don't say things, then, like, I learned the wrong lessons. And I devalue my character i did grade my character so we're going in a great direction guys as always share this with anybody that you think could benefit from it um subscribe to the show if you're not already i will see you guys soon good luck go kill it